0: Welcome to the Scotland's Choice podcast. This episode was recorded in the nukes and corridors of Westminster on the very week we had our third Tory Prime Minister of the Year, anointed rather than elected. We'll hear from MPs David Linden, Alison Thewlis and Brendan O'Hara as we chew over this, the rush to scrap people's rights by dumping EU law and the fallout from the shambolic handling of the UK's finances, underlining the fact that this is a cost of Westminster crisis.
1: I'm David Lyndon. I'm the Member of Parliament for Glasgow East in Drew It's been absolutely extraordinary. I've been an MP for five years and we're now on to a fourth Prime Minister. That's uh, uh, another Prime Minister that Scotland didn't vote for. Bear in mind, Scotland hasn't voted majority Conservatives since the 1950s. So it's no huge surprise that we've had a, a Tory Prime Minister we didn't vote for foisted upon us. But what is a, a big surprise is going to be the austerity that's going to come down the track. The only way to avoid that is with Scottish independence.
0: Yeah, you said quite rightly there that, that Scotland hasn't voted for this Prime Minister. No, Very few people got a chance to vote for this Prime Minister. I think it was something like 100-odd. Uh, Tory MPs. This is the 10th Prime Minister in a row that Scotland hasn't voted for. Uh, you know, what, what do you think that means in terms of the policies that you want to see delivered for people, the important things uh, for you,
1: your constituents? Well, I think fundamentally what it means is that Rishi Sunak, as Prime Minister, has no democratic legitimacy in Scotland. Mm. You know, people in Scotland didn't vote for him. And actually, the policies that Rishi Sunak will pursue as a incredibly wealthy, multi-millionaire, will be so far removed from the policies that people in Inverness, Shettleston, Edinburgh need. Um, So I think what we're going to see is a Tory government that will continue to act in the interests of the few, not the many.
0: And the interesting thing, of course, is that this isn't a new government. It's not a a, a new broom that's going to sweep everything clean. This is the Rishi Sunak that was uh, charged by the police for the Partygate uh, incident. He was the Chancellor, the Exchequer that has uh, started a lot of the policies. Took the 20 pounds away uh, from the Universal Credit per week uh, from people. You know what? What real difference is is he going to make now after the damage that's
1: been inflicted by the Liz Truss uh, period? Well, I know that we're just approaching the one-year anniversary of COP26 in, in, in Glasgow, <laughs> um, but it seems that the UK government's commitment to recycling uh, extends only to <laughs> field cabinet ministers. Yeah. You're right, I mean, Rishi Sunak was somebody who was chancellor during the pandemic, for example, uh, likes to wax lyrical at the humble scheme, but what many constituents who were part of the excluded three million tell me is that freelancers, self-employed people, were absolutely shafted by Rishi Sunak. So I don't think Rishi Sunak somebody that could be trusted in government. He's certainly not going to act in the interests of Scotland. We in Scotland want to see strong public services, we want to see strong public services that are resourced. Unfortunately, I think a Rishi Sunak government is going to herald a a new era of austerity and that's something Scotland can only reject with the powers of independence.
0: Well, this podcast, as you know, is called Scotland's Choice and and one of the things we're uh, discussing is uh, the debate about Scotland's uh, independence vote. Rishi Sunak has got a bit of form in terms of, most recently, saying, of living crisis was not the time to hold the vote on independence, but previously said that the vote should be held once Brexit was, uh, uh, you know, uh, out of the way. That they, They've said that Brexit's out of the way. How tenable do you think his arguments are about denying people in Scotland the choice over the future?
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, he did say that Scotland could have a vote on in independence once Brexit was done and dusted and we are living with the severe after effects of Brexit now and that's one of the reasons why the economy has been off a cliff. But I've got to see, I think that your listeners on the Scotland's Choice podcast would find it utterly remarkable that Rishi Sunak and the Conservative Party can lecture people in rerunning votes when we're now to our second Prime Minister in just seven weeks. The reality is that the facts have changed enormously in Scotland. They've been withdrawn from the European Union, the triple lock was smashed, the AAA credit rating gone. The reality is that the union that people voted to remain a part of in 2014 no longer exists. And that's why Scotland should have the choice to chart a different path of independence, not with Rishi Sunak and his failed economic model.
0: And this isn't about uh, different Prime Ministers, ultimately. This is about you know getting the governments that Scotland wants to vote for. And, uh, you know, we haven't voted for a Tory government since the 1950s. And uh, even when we have made a choice for a, a government that's been elected, but it's been by chance, it's not been on the votes of Scotland. So this is an important time, in fact, during a cost of living crisis, it's an important time to actually set the course for a different type of future, isn't it?
1: It is, and I think that's right. I mean, Scotland has 59 MPs out of the 650. So in reality, Scotland could send, as it often does, 59 anti-Tory MPs to Westminster. But if, as I expect will happen, there's a bit of a bounce in the polls in England for Rishi Sunak, we could be in a situation where we're hurtling towards a a snap general election in spring. And yet again, Scotland will be in the position of sending anti-Tory MPs to Westminster, but getting another Tory Prime Minister we didn't vote for. The reality is that the the United Kingdom in its current form operates at a massive democratic deficit and the only way to move away from that is for Scotland to make its own choice rather than Wishi Sunak and his band of Tory MPs.
0: And voting for independence means that we don't have to have Tory governments West was the Tory governments ever again?
1: Yeah, I mean the beautiful thing about independence is <laughs> yeah, that you actually get the government you vote for. Yeah. You know, you and I happen to have this very normal belief that people who live and work here in Scotland should have the opportunity <laughs> to make decisions <laughs> about Scotland, not Tory prime ministers from multi million pound backgrounds who wouldn't understand anything in the run of Glasgow.
2: I'm Alison Dulles, uh, Treasury spokesperson for the SNP and uh, more importantly, MP for Glasgow Central. And I've had the chance to see Rishi Sunak at close quarters. and I, I shadowed him while he was uh, Chancellor, and what I observed is just how disconnected he is from real life, from the ordinary experiences of of, uh, of your constituents and mine, of ordinary folk out there. He neither knew about uh, prepayment meters when I asked him, nor did he go and find out about them no. either, because he came. I asked him about prepayment meters and the impact that that was having uh, on people's uh, energy costs and their difficulty in, in keeping the heating on. Asked about in the chamber. He then came to the Treasury Committee a few days later and still didn't know what a pre meter was. He started rambling on about direct debits and other things. And I thought, God, if you don't know something, find out about it mm-hmm. for a start and try and understand the lives of people um, much, much less well-off than you are. Mm-hmm. Because he is, I want to well, see, he has a swimming pool reportedly. He has a very... Uh, opulent lifestyle, but for many people uh, across these islands, that is completely out of touch and completely unrecognisable to their daily lives. So he needs to work on a whole, harder to understand that, because I think mm. at the moment he's very, very far away from understanding that.
0: We've just heard from David Linden about the fact that, you know, he's been elected with no mandate for the, from the people of Scotland. This is what the 10th Tory Prime Minister, that, that we haven't elected... Um, and he was saying that uh, you know that this is just an undemocratic uh, situation, but it's worse than that, isn't it? I mean, we're talking about this isn't a new broom sweeps clean uh, situation. This is the Rishi Sunak who was the Chancellor. Uh, what what are your thoughts about how you things are going to be going forward?
2: Well, it looks like um, he's sort of almost picking up where he left off I, as Chancellor, and that was with the highest tax burden that the UK's ever really seen uh, in, in modern memory. While also, um, debt is absolutely soaring because of the understandable borrowings for the pandemic and for the, the energy crisis, but also compounding that as well, you've got uh, the scenario where you're going to have cuts to public services as well mm-hmm. to trial balance... More cuts. More cuts. After yeah. you know 12 years of austerity yeah, already, yeah. Mm-hmm. we know the figures on that, we know the significant numbers of people who have been harmed, 20,000 people in mm-hmm. Scotland, said to their graves prematurely because yeah. of um, the impact of austerity.
0: That's a shocking figure.
2: It really is. And Glasgow yeah. Centre for Population Health done an awful lot of work mm-hmm. on that to sort of unpick austerity mm-hmm. and what mm-hmm. that actually practically means. We know that to yeah. a lot of our constituency casework, but the figures are still incredible. And,
0: and people stuff. should people should know that that's a political choice made here at Westminster. Something again that just we wouldn't vote for in Scotland. We wouldn't vote for these kinds of things, would we?
2: No, we wouldn't. And austerity never had any mandate in Scotland mm-hmm. right, at all. Um, and people are having to live with those choices. Yeah. The Tories never have to live with the choices mm-hmm. that they make. Yeah. You know, they, they live in very different circumstances. Many of their constituents live in very different circumstances yeah. I, to ours. And I think that, that distance, that lack of understanding, that lack of um, empathy for what people are going yeah. through and just saying, well, like, we have to balance the nooks. Mm-hmm. It's not as simple as that. Mm-hmm. People are really, really struggling out there. They're struggling mm-hmm. uh, to, to get by on benefits, on you know, like universal credits, for example. Mm-hmm where the £20 pound uplift um, actually helped to, to support people through the pandemic.
0: And it was a reckon, recognition that Universal Credit yeah, just wasn't it enough, wasn't to, enough live to live on. It wasn't enough oh, no. It just wasn't yeah, enough.
2: Yeah. And one of my local food banks, Glasgow South East Food Bank, uh, the manager there, Audrey, told me that that kept an awful lot of single people mm-hmm. away from our door. She didn't see them during the pandemic because that mm-hmm. was enough for them to get by. And she's now seeing those folk coming back and she's seeing families coming back mm-hmm. and a whole lot more besides mm-hmm. that. Because it's just not enough to get by when you think about the increases in prices of food. If you think of the increases in prices of energy.
0: Well food food inflation is massively higher than normal inflation. Yeah. Right? Some basic foodstuffs are sixty, sometimes, you know, sixty percent, sometimes thirty yeah. percent uh, you know, increases on last year. Whereas you know, we all know about the 10% inflation rate, which yeah. is bad enough, but... Yeah, food prices are just yeah. soaring
2: away. So even the very basics, things like pasta, mm. things like um, tea, mm-hmm. th- bread, all very basics that folk need to get by, mm. soaring. And that has an impact on the food banks as well. Yeah. They, they rely on donations well, from people, so they can't even get those in. But so it's... the
0: food banks are being cleared yeah, out yeah. by choices made here. Yeah,
2: It is, and it makes it more and more difficult mm-hmm. for folk to get by. And... The Chancellor did promise that he would update benefits mm. uh, by inflation And um, before he was uh, the Prime Minister. I hope he does now. Mm-hmm. And I hope Rishi Sunak stands by what he but said before.
0: He's still never reinstated that £20 a week.
2: He hasn't, Cut no.
0: to universal credit. He's still hasn't. not done anything about the... You were, you've been campaigning on the two-child limit, the otherwise known as the rape clause. Mm-hmm. Still mm-hmm. no acknowledgement of uh, the fact that that's... Brutally unfair.
2: No, and with every, with every new DWP Secretary of State, I write to them and I ask them and I say, How can you possibly justify this? And, and, and they find some way in their own minds to, to do that. Um, I'll, I'll give it another go this time as well. But there's a lot of evidence that the two child limit and the eight associated with it are, are driving families mm-hmm. into poverty. Larger families yep. are getting into much, much more trouble yep. financially. Than other families, and that again is a deliberate policy choice to impoverish those families and make it more difficult for them to get back.
0: Do you think it's striking uh, that the Scottish Government paper that was uh, released recently showing that countries that are similar to Scotland are all uh, wealthier and more equal um, than the UK at the moment? Um, you, do you think it was quite striking that uh, you know that that's? happened as a result of the choices made by Westminster.
2: It is, and all of those independent countries making their own choices, Mm -hmm. um, dependent on the needs of their own populations, different choices in different places, um, things delivered in different ways, but all of them, you know, healthier, wealthier, fairer than than Scotland is uh, under the Westminster system. And I saw a story MSP uh, this morning trying, trying to claim somehow the issue of health inequalities was the fault of the Scottish Government. <laughs> and yeah. I you be joking, yeah. you know, this has been now generational choices mm-hmm. of Westminster that haven't mm-hmm. taken health inequalities seriously. It goes all the way, you know, mm-hmm. back to the Black Report, all the way through um, mm-hmm. the, the 80s, all the things that have been done. Mm-hmm. And this place has just not taken it seriously mm-hmm. at any point. So the Scottish mm-hmm. Government's doing what it can, yeah. But it doesn't have all those within
0: the, within that fixed budget. One of the striking things about the paper that was released that countries with you know uh, less resources, less mm-hmm. wealth, natural wealth in Scotland, you know, fourteen thousand pounds per head of population better off. Even if you you muck about with the Irish figures, mm-hmm. there's a bit of the mm-hmm. bias there. It still works out about eleven thousand pounds better off, you know, um, per person. It, you know, we, we could we could be doing so much better if we were able to follow policies. that... Were generated yeah. and voted for in Scotland.
2: We should. And I think the, the more that can be draw, drawn attention to that, the more that we can encourage people to lift their eyes and see so, see what's possible. Mm-hmm. In our very near neighbours, mm-hmm. um, what things that they have got going to support their populations, to make sure that people are well looked after and supported. You know, you never hear stories of people freezing to death in the Nordic countries mm-hmm. in the winter because their populations are, are well looked after, well supported, their homes are better insulated, mm-hmm. there's more investment than there is here. I um, and it's, it's something that Westminster has absolutely no desire to change. You know, they could do these things and they just aren't interested.
3: Hi, I'm Brendan O'Hara, Member of Parliament for Argylland-Buget and I lead for the SNP on All Matters Cabinet Office, which is a bit strange given that yesterday's retained EU law bill came from Bays. But the reason it was at Bays was because Jacob Rees-Mogg had been indulged by previous Prime Ministers, so when he was reshuffled out of the Cabinet Office, they allowed him to take what is a constitutional bill with him into a completely wrong department. And of course, he resigned two hours before he was <laughs> due to present this bill. So now we have this pet project of Jacob Rees-Mogg in the wrong department at the wrong time, and I, I likened it to a, a, a puppy a Christmas puppy who nobody wanted except the person who'd pressed for it and who's now flung out the front door leaving this thing without an owner and without anybody really to care for it. Um, and so the EU ret- Retain Law Bill has had a disastrous start and I have called repeatedly for the government to withdraw it. It's utterly unnecessary and it, it's a throwback to the days when, well, we hoped that the ERG and UKIP didn't quite run the government. That remains to be seen. But if the government... It seems were, like
0: it was a lot of them moved back into place A lot of them have moved back in, sadly. Like,
3: <laughs> but when I, when, I, when I made the call, it looked as if there possibly could be a new direction taken. I don't think that's going to happen. But what this bill does, it plays to the zealots and the fanatical anti-Europeans within the Conservative Party who want to rid every vestige of what was European law on UK law. So
0: so just to, to put that into context, and, and for listeners who might not know, Bayes business energy and industrial strategy. Put that To put that into context, uh, what they're doing here is they've not only been taken out of Europe against their will, against the, the votes of the Scottish people Um, But all the EU protections and uh, regulations that were there to make lives better over the decades that we've been members of the EU are now being stripped away, uh, laid bare so that they they can get rid of regulations that protect people.
3: Well, uh, yes, but it's worse than that because coupled to that, so these stripping aways of protections on the environment, on nature, workers' rights, uh, paternity leave, paternity pay, holiday pay, all of these things, they are now we are in a deregulatory race to the bottom. But coupled to that, this is an attack on the devolution settlement. Mm -hmm. It is a full frontal assault on Scotland's parliament Mm -hmm. because what there is no clarity upon is when these laws are brought back to the UK, where sovereignty will lie in terms of of which parliament can decide and the example I, I gave yesterday, which I did not get an answer to, was what happens when in an area which is wholly devolved, so Scotland says we want to stay in lockstep with the European Union and we want to ban chlorinated chicken. But the EU retained law gives the UK parliament the power to say, actually, we will do a deal and we will get you know, chlorinated chicken, hormone-injected beef, GM crops Pesticides being used All, all those of things Animal
0: welfare standards At the lowest and, levels And
3: Scotland says No we want to remain Locked step with Europe Who gets to decide mm-hmm. What power does the Scottish Parliament And the Scottish Government have mm-hmm. To stop mm-hmm. Lorry loads of chlorine wash Poultry flooding over the border Because mm-hmm. as far as I can see None mm-hmm. Because the government The UK government are saying that they will not interfere in areas of devolved competency, but they refuse to be drawn down into what they consider areas of devolved Mm -hmm. competency. And when you take it in conjunction with the Internal Markets Act, then they have all
0: the levers. Mm -hmm.
3: And people had better wake up to the fact our Parliament is under attack,
0: and and I was in the chamber yeah, uh, with you when you were making this point, and there was an interjection from one of the DUP members mm. who came out with a ridiculous, tired old trope. But I think it's worth just repeating so that people can understand, you know, the, the difference in the argument here. He was saying, why do you want to uh, give your to you know get your sovereignty away from the UK and then give it all away to the EU? Mm. And I, I think he was uh, he, he was very clearly pointed in the right direction about the big differences here.
3: Well, absolutely, and of course I I, I, had, I did enjoy pointing out uh, to to that particular member from the DUP that like Scotland, Northern Ireland voted to remain within the European Union, and he is a Northern Ireland minister or Northern Ireland MP who is demanding that I follow blindly the lead of the, the UK government.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: But he should maybe look to his but, own but the, behind the door. Exactly because his so. own people yeah. decided they wanted to say, they're they reaping the benefits. But the,
0: the differences are, I mean, very clearly, the EU would never seek to impose on a, an unequal member of the the uh, European Union Of course, they um, wouldn't. rules and regulations. It just wouldn't stand. And, and, I, and I think as well, Unlike what's happening in the UK, imposing these things on the Scotland. And, and it is about sovereignty. <clears throat> it's about, you know, what an independent
3: Scotland chooses to do with its sovereignty, to pull and share yeah. where appropriate and when it when it chooses so to do, is a completely different scenario from the one we're in now, where we have been taken out of the European Union against our will. Our parliament, our democratically elected parliament, is under serious threat from this place and a, and a power grab, an unprecedented power grab in the history of... Mm-hmm. Um, devolution, and so uh, things are all coming to a head. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the UK government have played a very clever game in making this an incremental attack. Mm-hmm. But, now, drip, drip, but now drip, drip. now it's flooding out. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So they have they've got what they needed to get in place through the Internal Markets Act, and now with this retained EU law bill, if this gets passed, then
0: we are we are in a fight. For a Scottish Parliament. <laughs> this is the next stage of Brexit where it absolutely just becomes even absolutely. more punishing. Of course, you know what we've we've got a situation now where, you know, the only op- option for people who want to get back into the European Union is to vote for the SNP. We, we, we've got the Labour Party oh, now. Yeah. Um you know, again, Keir Starmer underlining the fact that there is no return uh, under a Labour government. We know there's no return possible under a Tory government westminster is locked to this path yeah
3: yeah it it is it is absolutely crazy that you know that the labor party have just completely missed the zeitgeist here you know i would suggest very strongly to the labor party that there is a movement across the uk which says we've been sold up up we've been told a pack of lies the economic damage that brexit is doing is so Utterly, utterly awful that, at the very least, a Labour government would rejoin the single but, market but, or the customs union. But they are adamant. They're not going to listen to you. They're not going to listen to But, but I, I just find it astonishing that yeah. the Labour Party are so far behind the curve on this one that they will not even consider joining, rejoining the single market or yeah. the, the customs union. And this idea that they or anyone can make Brexit work is a complete mm-hmm. nonsense. Brexit cannot work. Yeah. Brexit as a, a concept is so fundamentally flawed that it cannot be
0: made to work. And the, 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 the Labour Party are running scared of reality. But I, I want to move on in, in a second, but I mean, they're locked into an ideology of the Tory party. I mean, yes. This is just, you know, every sensible uh, commentator, all the uh, economic... Uh, you know, uh, agencies are out there that have any uh, you know, credibility are saying that Brexit has cost the UK. I mean, the yeah. figures that they have to show it, we've seen inflation but- is higher as a result. All these things are happening, and yet they're locked into that ideology. Yeah. It's bizarre, isn't it? And they're locked into it
3: because the electoral arithmetic in the north of England seats that they believe they have to get back, they believe that if they, you know, they somehow have convinced themselves that the people of the, the north of England are so absolutely thrilled to Brexit and this hard, hard Brexit that we have, that they cannot compromise on it. And the idea, and it's King Canute stuff, mm-hmm. you know, it cannot happen. Mm-hmm. They, they cannot make Brexit work. And I think they know that deep We, down.
0: we, we talked earlier in the podcast uh, with Alison Thielis and David Linden about the opportunities for Scotland. And... And the fact that, you know, when you look at the analysis, the UK is at the bottom of the list when it comes to inequality, when it comes to uh, well-being, compared to other countries uh, similar size to Scotland and with less resources uh, around. And yet we're on this path with Westminster just now. What would you say to people uh, considering their future at the moment in either this Brexit ideological locked uh, Westminster, or to the opportunity for an independent Scotland rejoining the EU. Yeah, I mean, I think it is—it's crystal clear
3: now that if if there is someone out there who believes that Brexit is beneficial, and that you know, the sunny uplands are just around the corner, then fine, don't vote for the SNP. But if you are one of those people who have never really thought that, would as an independent Scotland work, are we better with the United Kingdom just because things might, you know, things might get worse in an independent Scotland. If you are in that pragmatic group in the middle, where what's important to you is, you know, your family, your mortgage, your house, your job, you know, the economic stability that all of us crave, then I'm afraid, that the, the world in which you seek within the United Kingdom has gone. It doesn't exist anymore. The United Kingdom, economically and politically, is a sinking ship. Mm. And now you may not be convinced of the merits of independence, but I would I like it to the, uh, you know, being on the Titanic. And the Titanic's going down and you're debating with yourself whether to go on a lifeboat because it might be cold. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that independence, you know, there's, you know it is a... a Panacea, but what it does give us is an opportunity to a get back into the the European Union, to build those relationships, get access to the biggest market in the world, and start correcting the horrendous mistakes that we have seen after a decade and a half of conservative government. And in the process,
0: become a happier, a more equal uh, society, one that's using our enormous resources and wealth to the well-being of the people that live there. Well, I mean, absolutely, and I think that
3: it's a really important aspect to look at is about happiness and well-being. It's not all about economic growth. It's not all about the accrual of personal wealth. It's about making a country a happy country, and it's about making a country a good place to, to live. And hugely importantly, it's about making a country an attractive prospect for others to come and want to live and share and build and invest and be happy with you. So I think there's a huge bright future, economically, socially, politically, well-being wise,
0: for an independent Scotland,
3: but it can only come with independence it's not going to come with the United Kingdom
0: my thanks to Brendan O'Hara to Alison Thewis and David Linden for taking part in this Scotland's Choice podcast you can get more podcasts from Scotland's Choice at scotlandschoice.scot or wherever you download your podcast thanks again for listening and keep tuned for new episodes